and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about a new album from Oakland's own Fantastic Negrito. It's called Please Don't Be Dead, and the first track is called Plastic Hamburgers. Fantastic Negrito is the stage name of a man named Xavier de Frepolis, who is one of 15 children of a Somali Caribbean immigrant who moved to Oakland when he was a kid, raised his kids in a strict Muslim household. So Xavier kind of took off, went to L.A., signed a million dollar deal with Interscope Records, which kind of didn't work out that well, got in a car accident that left him with two broken arms and two broken legs and in a coma for three weeks and mangled his guitar hand and then he came back to making music as Fantastic Negrito and he ended up winning the NPR Tiny Desk concert which is where we first became aware of him and and winning a Grammy for his album The Last Days of Oakland and is now out with this new record. Yeah so it's I think he nods to that backstory, which you really summarized more succinctly than I thought was possible because it really is worthy of a Hollywood movie. And what I like is that it's a picture of him in the hospital on the album cover with the date of birth of 2014, even though the date of the accident is 1999. Mm -hmm. And it really is that rebirth. And the thing is, if it were just that story, it wouldn't be so good. But the music is so vital and both energetic that he just that guitar riff and I know he kind of taught himself to play with his injured hands I don't know I think there are other guitarists working on this too but the that just riff is so pulls you in to this just biting take on just everything that's wrong without feeling depressed but he's just angry that's just addiction and violence and just mindless consumerism He said in interviews that the title of the record, Please Don't Be Dead, is intended as a a comment about America raising his son in this country and wanting the American spirit and what's good about America to not be dead. And so this is kind of it's it's a very emotional wake up call to his fellow Americans to like, hey, let's turn this thing around. Yeah. So he's starting. It's really you know super high energy but super negative he's just like don't look away from what's wrong because it's real but at the same time it's got such a good groove to it yeah Yeah, break out these chains and burn it down and it starts out with the this 
that riff that almost sounds like a Rage Against the Machine song and then breaks into these this kind of bluesy chant along with hand claps. And it really, this first song really is a great introduction to the way that he fuses different styles on this Yeah, there's record. even some strings in the bridge yeah. along with the organ. And it's just really exciting. Yeah, and his he won his Grammy for Best Blues Record. And, you know, I guess you could call this blues, but it's also got a lot of funk and kind of punk and yeah. just... It, well, We'll hear it. Let, let's let's play some more songs because we'll hear <laughs> so much variety. Well, this next track we'll play is called A Letter to Fear. Sunday morning, for your greedy with how much I wanted to play on that song but it just so much good stuff happening where it's so kind of soulful this great organ solos and it's just that contrast between just the never-ending threat of violence on a Sunday morning when people should be with their families or going to church and instead you're going to get shot and that people are just in a day's shopping to try and distract themselves from how horrible things are. But you're, I mean, I feel like you are trying to cast this in a negative light for some reason, because the song is called a letter to fear and it's all about we'll carry on. And like, we're not, well, you're not going to get us well, down. Well, that's what I mean. It's like that verse is mm-hmm. all about like what's horrible. And then he's like, no, we'll, we'll stick together. We'll carry on. And then that just triumphant, hold on, hold on, hold on to love. And it just keeps building and building like, Hey, we can fight this. And so it's, but I like that he's not being unrealistic. Like there are very real problems out there. There's danger and there is denial, but we can be better than it. And it, it really contrasts. It's a, a great way. He, his voice does so much on this record and it really shows how he can do kind of like a beautiful croon. That's also very emotional. And that's the great thing about blues is that it's not just about playing instruments proficiently. It's about the emotion that you put into it and having lived a life that enables you to understand the emotions that you're yeah. projecting. Yeah, he's he's 50 and he's seen a lot and it, it is intense and you hear it in every syllable. And I think this next song we'll play is, again, I think talking about he's he's seen it all and has come to terms, I hope, with it. It's called A Boy Named Andrew. Yeah. 
Styles on this record, and this kind of Middle Eastern, the acoustic guitar, and then the almost Middle Eastern sounding introduction is a great example of that. Yeah, there's some interesting stringed instruments that you were not expecting, and it's such a nice change of pace. I mean, we heard these like very acoustic or very electric guitar driven kind of songs, and then to hear that acoustic guitar, these other just modal melodies, and then that even gets yanked out for this almost like very jazzy piano and then the electric car comes back in with these shredding solos and all these things somehow work together and it's interesting because part of what happened in his car accident is his hand got very damaged and has kind of a rod in his wrist that has limited his playing and the guitar playing on this record is excellent so i don't know if he has if he if that's those solos are him or one of his a member of his band but they, there's some, as you said, incredible shredding. Yeah, the, and I, again, maybe I, I get a little carried away with reading stuff into the lyrics here, but I, I just like that this song, that it has these verses that are all, all about like, I'm kind of, I'm getting old, like, oh, I knew people that are gone from my life for reasons we don't really understand. I'm getting old and fat and balding, but time is turning and I'm still learning to fly. And this idea, he's 50, he's middle-aged and he's still learning things and he's still kind of coming into himself even as he's falling apart mm-hmm. and uh it's and yet, it's inspiring that yeah, he keeps pushing himself and he's just this inspiring creative person and he owns a an art gallery in Oakland called Blackball Universe and he seems like he's just kind of doing all kinds of different things all the time and the fact that he's lived so many lifetimes already and he has at least one kid and yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's impressive to see what he can do. Yeah. Well, yeah. So many lives that in between the, uh, the accident and moving back to Oakland and like, oh, he just ran an illegal nightclub for yeah. several years. Yeah. Just because why not? And this sort of history and time informs all of his art. art and I like that it's here. I feel like this is one of the less kind of topical and more just kind of evocative songs. But then we come into the middle of the album and I think it does swing back towards the very, sort of political and topical, and it's in this next track we'll play called Transgender Biscuits. Yeah. 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 
It's fun to hear him singing about the Bay Area because I think the first time we came across him was at the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. And I he had been on the li- somebody's list of like people to see. Well, he'd also gotten kicked out of Outside Lands under weird circumstances that year. So it was really great for him to come back and actually play that festival. Yeah. And so we it was near the entrance and we walked in. I think it was one of the first acts of the day and we just kind of sat and like caught his set and he was incredibly impressive just really emotive and he wears a three-piece suit and his whole stage presentation is really fantastic and very stylish yeah he's he's just a great performer yeah and so this song you know, I describe it as being topical because it's, but it also has such a great sense of humor to it, which leavens it because it's like all these, like, oh, I got fired for all these ridiculous reasons. But it's just that notion of like pe- people get divided into categories and these are all excuses to marginalize folks. And there's always like one reason, like, well, actually, like I was fired for being late. That's actually a legitimate reason, mm-hmm. even though it's mixed in with all of these illegitimate reasons mm-hmm. for being fired. But then it comes back to this: just change, 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 and let's let's unite and not be divided into these categories. And even though it's got this traditional blues riff, almost yeah, it's got on like the a guitar, kind of slide guitar. It's got you know. all these interesting elements, like this beat that's very driving, and it's almost kind of like a hip hop beat. And then all these elements with like the backing choir, where when it goes down into that little diversion with the stringed instruments. Well, yeah, it's very like, yeah, that late Beatles section, except then with a drum machine thrown on top of it. Yeah. But it it works. Yeah, and he's just throwing a ton of different things into the mix, and these his vocals are processed in almost like a megaphone kind of sound, and he's just doing a lot and just being very creative, and it's it's a real, like, sing-along chant song at the same time. It's it's very creative and weird and off the wall without, but it's still a great song. It's just nice, and it's just amazing that whatever this is, I guess his third full-length album, because he put out the one in 1990. Well, it's the second as Fantastic Radio, because he put out one as himself in 96, Mm -hmm. and then 20-year break, and now this is his second full-length. Won the Grammy and is not slowing down, and it's just exciting. It's really exciting. And the next song that we'll play is called The Suit That Won't Come Off, and you wonder if that is maybe uh, some unresolved feelings about his last foray into the music business. We'll play that next. And then as I said we're in the heart of the album and to me this is the real just reaching out and grabbing his audience and it is pretty it's both 
incredibly engaging, but it's also he is asking a very tough question because he is, you know, I certainly saw this as looking at the entire like privilege and that some people are just born with benefits that other people do not have. And some of that is due to just how they look, which is something they can't change. It's a suit they can't take off. And to acknowledge privilege is a start, but if you aren't working to change that. So it is really, I think, a chal challenging his audience, at least those of the audience who might be, might have benefited. And it's, I'm making it sound like it's anything other than a beautiful and rocking song, but it is not an easy listen and it shouldn't be. And music with a conscience. I also like the way that he, again, takes kind of a traditional blues sound and this wail that is so powerful and so emotional. And and then he, he takes that and then turns it into this really melodic, just how do you sleep at night, which is with yeah. the backing vocals. And it's really kind of catchy. Yeah. And this is all mixed in with a lot of electronic textures. And I, I'm not sure if that's a drum machine or not. But yeah, there's some synthetic percussion. I think he's there's not a lot of synth and drum machine on this album but uh most of the time i listen on kind of earbuds and day-to-day -day life and so to listen on really good headphones as we're doing the show and just really feel so heavy but as you said like but even though it, there's sort of this real challenge to the listener it's also i think a call to empathy and it's it's not attacking it's just saying hey look at things from my perspective like have can you imagine what it's like to be on the outside and you know, think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it altered the the tone of the instrumentation alternates between anger and harsh uh, production versus kind of an empathetic. You know, there's I think there's some strings in there, and it's it's it it presents those two moods really beautifully. Yeah, but what I like is that there's sort of this uh, the aggressive instrumentation is with sort of the call for empathy. Hey, what is it like to be me? And then the really like, beautiful, pretty instrumentation is with more of the direct kind of like, hey, fi fix your stuff. Um, so anyway, the next song that we'll play is called The Duffler. The fact that it starts with that monster riff makes it not surprising that this was one of the singles off the record. It's just got such energy and it's just so rocking. Yeah, it's really fun 
And I feel like it's maybe a step away from some of the more kind of serious songs where, I mean, he's still talking. It's very, it's very personal, but I, it, there seems to be a little bit of an ironic remove maybe, but just this like, welcome to my life, welcome to my life as he's kind of describing like, oh, woe is me, woe is me. And, but it's just very upbeat and there's a great guitar solo in there. And, and yeah. that's if you watch the video, you see that is one of a member of his band who's doing that solo. So that makes me wonder if that's the same person who's doing the shredding because he again, he can play guitar, but I think he probably is not up to what. Yeah, he well, he, he describes his right hand as the claw. And so not not so great for detailed shredding, but he's got that voice and charisma and this song is just so much fun and I, you know i think it's 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 engaging and feels kind of dark and but also kind of funny and also really just pick you up and go at the same time it's a downer and it's just it's this just throwing everything in the blender and making it into just a blast and uh such a good choice and yeah check out the video cuz that'll give you a sense of the live act and yeah. so much fun but here as we approach the end of the album we're not done with the surprises and the next track we're going to play is just another complete change of tone, change of gear, change of everything. And that's called dark windows. You sing all the songs, the ones the fathers teach songs how to sing. You put food on the table and the place for me The black hole in the sun That he wanted to go Would never wash away the pain with Musically, this down-tempo, very string-based ballad st sticks out like a sore thumb. And I think thematically, so much of the album is about, you know, the current state of the world and how just tough it is to get by. And this is so different. And I'm usually the one who likes to go in cold and just not know anything about what went into the art because I guess I'm lazy. But I read an interview on this one and uh, I guess... He toured with Chris Cornell a few times and they corresponded. And so this song, I mean, you, if you catch that black hole sun that you wanted to come reference, this is about that relationship, about how much he looked up to him as an artist and appreciated the support. Uh, I'm reminded a little bit of uh, on that last LCD sound system album where he wrote an entire song just thanking David Bowie. Mm -hmm. And so this, I kind of slot into that same sort of category, like just a deeply personal song. Just, I think the relationship wasn't super close and he had, you know, uh, Francesca Congrito doesn't claim like that they were close buddies, but he said, we exchanged emails and it meant a lot to me. Even at that point, I think he describes it as like an arm's length closeness, mm -hmm. but 
it's just that sweetness and this almost like father figure relationship. And I think in terms of age, they weren't that far off, but in terms of someone with an established music career, really helping someone else out who was sort of, you know, having a, a, a rebirth as a new artist, even if he was making music back in the nineties and it's very sweet and it's such a nice addition to this album and just shows the range of defrepolis <laughs> that's close enough but his he is such an amazing songwriter such an amazing performer uh and this album is just so such an exciting tribute to the bay area <laughs> like you know he calls it out and i just feel like there's all these different influences and and to me yeah. like that's sort of the best of the bay area is where you bring all those influences together yeah so many different musical influences and such a range of emotion and topics and you, he really takes you on an emotional journey over the course of this record yeah and it it's just what I hope will keep happening. It's like if, if he can be an inspiration to new artists and almost like in that last song, he's talking about someone being an inspiration to him. And he is so talented that I hope he can be an inspiration to new artists. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I know he has said in interviews was his goals for his music is to bring black roots music to audience, to a more modern audience. And I think he really accomplishes this with this record and by bringing in kind of the old Delta blues riffs and that powerful voice and a really great band, but having these electronic textures and some interesting processing and a real mix of different styles that he's kind of throwing in there with it and creating this fusion sound. I think he, he really brings a record that is creative, but also accessible. And yeah, I think it's when you have that sort of ambition, it can go horribly wrong yeah. and go way off the rails. Uh -huh. And I feel like, there, I'm not going to say there, there are a few places where it's like, oh, well, that's an odd combination and you notice it, but it never feels like these don't belong in a song together. It's every time it's like, oh, that, I guess this kind of makes sense. Yeah, and there's the so many left turns in terms of tone and instrumentation where it's just like, it really surprises me how the song ends up. But yeah, it just flows together in a way that still feels natural. So yeah, let, let this be, I think, just a lesson to all of us that you can set something aside and 20 years later, almost come back to it and. Well, but 20 years of experience and thought and artistic expression that you're doing in other mediums yeah. and bringing it back to maybe yeah. a, a medium of art that you had left behind and then bringing this fresh yeah. voice to it. Yeah, and I guess, he, yeah, I think it was, he was writing songs and honing his craft, but it's like to have that first act and then come back and just knock it out of the park like this. Yeah, I know he said in an interview that he had kind of given up on playing guitar and when his son was born and he was a baby and he was just trying to get him to stop crying and so he picked up a guitar and he was sort of playing it. He played a G chord and the baby immediately like stopped and listened and so he kept playing and yeah, that's sort of what brought him back to playing guitar. As I said, it's just, it's a Hollywood story and I, I feel like I would be shocked if someone doesn't come around and make a movie of this because it's just... It's a great story. It's a great story that makes great, it leads to great music. And he really sums it up on the last track that we'll play and we'll go out with. And it's called Bullshit Anthem. And the chorus is, you know, take this bullshit and turn it into good shit. It's a good message for all of us <laughs> and a great way to end the album. So we've been discussing Please Don't Be Dead by Fantastic Negrito. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks for listening. Take